High Praise Podcasts. Hey everybody, this is Pastor Joshua, lead pastor here at High Praise, and I want to thank you for downloading today's podcast. We know that this message is going to encourage and bless you. So I want you to open up your heart and receive what the Lord has for you today. This morning, I want to share a message. Go ahead and turn to uh, Judges chapter 6. I want to share a message, and we're actually starting a series, and it's called From Ordinary to Extraordinary. From Ordinary to Extraordinary. And uh, I want everybody to understand that God always uses ordinary people, but he doesn't want you to remain ordinary. He'll take ordinary people and he'll make extraordinary uh, people out of them. He'll do extraordinary things through your life. And uh, you don't ha- you're not confined to the limitations that maybe have been spoken over your life because God wants to do something really extraordinary through you. Can you look at somebody and say, God wants to do something extraordinary through you. And then look at somebody and say, God wants to do something extraordinary through me. I think sometimes we begin to define what we can do and what we will do based upon maybe what mama and daddy did or or what grandma and grandpa did or what Aunt Susie or Uncle Fuddy Duddy, whatever he did. And we begin to define our limitations based upon what we have seen. And I want everybody to understand this. The only limitation on your life is the limit that God places on your life. It's not what somebody has spoken over you. It's not what somebody has said. And God wants to do extraordinary things through your life. God wants to do some powerful things through your life. God wants to use you in a mighty way. And hear this, it doesn't matter how old you are, God still wants to do mighty things through your life. And listen, don't ever let the devil tell you that your day is over. Your day is not over. It's very interesting that they did a recent study and they found that actually the most productive, are you ready for this? The most productive years of people's lives, you would think that's between the ages of maybe 20 and 30 or 30 and 40, but actually the most productive years. Are you ready for this? It starts at 60. 60 to 70 is the most productive years of people's lives. Amen. Pastor Joshua, you know, we moved back to Panama City and people thought I was retiring. Listen, I ain't going nowhere. I'm just moving into the greatest, most productive season of my life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And guess what the second most productive decade of your life is? You think, well, it's got to be 50 to 60. No, it's 70 to 80. Now, if you're young, just understand this, you got a lot to look forward to. You got a lot to look forward to. You may be doing some great things right now, but I'm telling you what, greater days are ahead. There are extraordinary things that God wants to do through your life. And just because you're 60 years old or 70 years old, or may I even say 80 years old, hallelujah, you are not finished. You're not washed up. You're not being put out to pasture or so somebody can later on come put a bullet in your head. No, nothing like that. Hallelujah. You are just getting started and there's something powerful that God wants to do within your life. Look at somebody say, God wants to do extraordinary things through your life. You got to understand the way that God works. God, 
God's not looking for great people. God's looking for people that are willing to be made great. We'll say it again. God's not looking for great people. He's looking for some people that are willing to say, Lord, here I am. I don't really have anything. But you know what? Whenever you get to that point and when you're not leaning to the arm of the flesh any longer and you say, Lord, take me, use me, mold me, make me who you want me to be. That's whenever God will do something extraordinary through your life. Hallelujah. Amen. Are y'all with me today? See, God loves taking nothing and making something out of it. When you look at creation, you think about this. God steps out into the middle of darkness. And you know, God didn't uh, decide to make commentary on the darkness. When he stepped out there, he didn't say, wow, it sure is dark out here. No, God steps out into the middle of darkness where there is absolutely nothing. That's what it says. And void and darkness was upon the face of the deep. You know what void means? That means nothing. There's nothing there. Void and darkness is upon the face of the deep. And God said what? What did God say? Come on, this is not a trick question. You should know this. God said, let there be light. Thank you, Pastor Stacy. Hallelujah. God said, let there be light. So think about this. He steps out in the midst of darkness, in the midst of nothingness, and he says, light be. Let there be light. God took nothing and made something out of it. And creation began at the moment in time that he said, let there be light. Light began and light has not stopped since the time that God said, let there be light. That's the reason there are so many galaxies and planets and you know what, scientists, they, they haven't, and, and by the way, there is no way that anybody can look into the heavens at night and not say that there is a God, hallelujah. Right? There's no way you can look into the heavens and say that there's not a God. There's no way you can look at a human. I was just thinking about that the other day, the way the human body works, the way that the human body operates, the way the uh, intelligence that has been placed within man. There is no way that you can look at a human being and say that there's not a God. Praise the Lord. I was looking at my wife the other day, and I was saying, yes, there is a God in heaven. Hallelujah. Amen? There is no way that man could have ever made anything as beautiful as that creature right there. Woo! Hallelujah. Amen? There's a God. Hallelujah. And he made everything. And so God made every, everything that we see, as it says in Hebrews, it was actually made and created with the very word of the Lord. God created it with his word. He spoke it into existence. And so understand this, God takes nothing and makes something out of it. God takes nothing and begins to make something extraordinary out of it. God takes something that's very ordinary and makes something very extraordinary out of it. I don't know how many of you, how many of you appreciate Pastor Garrett? Y'all appreciate Pastor Garrett? Garrett, stand up. Garrett, is, he appreciates himself, praise the Lord, amen. Can you just stand up, Garrett? For y'all that can't see Garrett, wave at everybody, Garrett. Yeah, praise the Lord. And Garrett's been here now for about a year. It's about, it's about a year this month, I think. About a year this month. I think we didn't go on staff till like October, I think it was. It was at the end of September sometime. And uh, it's a long story. God just providentially, he just showed up here on the doorstep. He's a stray cat. 
We took him in. <laughs> but, you know, and Pastor Joshua and I have, have talked about this before, and, and please hear I say this. Whenever you look at Garrett just externally, okay, he's, he's, he is unassuming. You, know what, you understand what I'm saying? And I'm using him. I'm, saying, I'm going somewhere really good with this, so don't, don't let the beginning of this story confuse you. He's very un unassuming. When you look at Garrett, you go, oh, he's just an ordinary guy. He's an ordinary guy, okay? There's nothing, when, you, when you just look at Garrett, you don't look at him and go, wow, that guy, you know, he's something just out of this world. But you know what, whenever, let me tell you what happened though. God takes the ordinary and he makes something extraordinary out of it. And when Garrett came here, and now he took over the youth, and I'm telling you, our youth are doing, and we're, we're doing things now that we have never been able to do before. You know why? Because somebody who was ordinary was willing to put their, hand, their life in the hands of the Lord, uh, and God makes something extraordinary out of them. Amen? Now, I say not to say Castle wasn't doing a good job. I'm just saying, you know, Castle, he was functioning basically because we didn't have anybody else, okay, at the moment in time. That wasn't his primary thing, but it was something that he did well in, but God sent somebody. And by the way, Castle does an absolutely awesome job. I gotta always qualify this to everybody. Does an awesome job. We got him, as the church is growing, he's got to actually consolidate his efforts and focus his efforts more in other areas. But anyway, I said all that to say that God will take somebody who is ordinary and make do extraordinary things through you. You know, now we're having 150 kids on Wednesday nights. We've had almost 200 kids numerous times actually on Wednesday nights. I'm talking about teenagers on Wednesday night. On Wednesday night, middle of the week. And what, I, what I'm trying to tell you is this, if you would, you don't have to be great, God will make you great. Little boy, only has five loaves and two fishes. That ain't enough to feed anybody. I know some of you, Garrett ain't ever been of that. <laughs> I'm picking on Garrett today, all right. I'd probably eat every bit of that. Five, I love bread. Come on, give me a stick of butter and some rolls and praise. I mean, I'll be happy, right? Two fish, you gotta be kidding me, two little fish? By the way, these were not problem. These were not 50-pound grouper. Do y'all understand that? This was not like two 50-pound grouper that a little boy is carrying around. So he's got five loaves and two fish, and he puts it in the hands of Jesus. And Jesus turns around and feeds 5,000 men, not counting all of the ladies, all the wives, and all of the kids. My friend, if you will just are willing to place your life in the hands of the Lord and say, God, I'm ordinary. There's nothing special about me, but God, do something with my life. Use my life for your kingdom. Use my life for your glory. I'm telling you, God will use you in ways that you never dreamed that were possible. As many of you know, I'm gonna get to my notes in a minute. Young lady, by the name of Elizabeth Timefook. She's been coming to our church now, and she actually, many people don't know who she is, but I will tell you, in prophetic circles, people know who she is. 
and she actually heads up the International Young Prophets. God placed upon her life a call to raise up and to connect young prophets, this next generation that's coming up, to see them trained in the way of the Lord, to see them trained in the prophetic and begin to see a, 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 where there's been almost like a breakdown in generations to see that generational barrier actually healed and the generations come together. By the way, just so you know, God never does anything with just one generation. If you don't think generationally, you're not thinking like God. God's always thinking generationally. He's always thinking of the next generation and then the next generation. And by the way, I know it might disappoint many of you, but you know, it's very probable that Jesus isn't going to come back in my lifetime. And very probable that Jesus may not even come back in my kids' lifetime. I know that some of y'all, y'all all packed up, you're ready to go, and you got your, you know, you got your thumb out waiting for the rapture bus. But I, I please understand, I believe in Jesus' coming, but I, you know, the reality is probably he's not going to come in my lifetime, okay? And by the way, anybody who says that they know when Jesus is going to come back, everybody who has said that first of all, they need to go back and read the Bible. Jesus himself didn't even know when he was coming back. Isn't it amazing that people and preachers know more than what Jesus knew? And so it got real quiet when I talked about this. It's like I'm disappointing some of you. But it's very probable he's not coming back in my lifetime. Oh, but Pastor, it's so bad. Listen, it's been bad. It's, you know, if you do a little bit of study in history, you'll find out there's been times and seasons that it's been worse than what we are experiencing right now. For anybody who cares to actually do a little historical study. And so, and by the way, the Lord's not coming back just to base upon how evil it gets in the world. That's a whole nother message. But anyway, so, the, but the reality is this, that if we don't, if we're not investing in the next generation, if we're not investing and understanding that God has future plans for the church, then we'll miss out on God's plan, Okay. That's just free. But anyway, God took, takes this young lady, Elizabeth Tim Folk, and by the way, Time Folk, however you pronounce her name, but nonetheless, Elizabeth's probably watching this morning. She told me she was going to be watching. She's out in, in Arizona this morning ministering. But anyway, the, but the reality is this, takes a, a, an unassuming young lady. When you look at Elizabeth, she, is it, she's, she's, a, she's a pretty girl, don't misunderstand me, but she's unassuming. You understand what I want to say when I say unassuming? There's nothing that necessarily whenever they walk in, everybody, and by the way, it's probably for 99% of all of us except for my wife. She's the only one that when she walks in, there's a few other ladies also whenever they walk in, you go, wow, wow, they're really beautiful, okay? But by, no, there's not a few. There's a lot of ladies in here like that. I, I got to dig out of this now. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> It's one of those times, <laughs> open mouth, insert foot. Y'all understand what I'm saying, right? There's ordinary, normal. And takes this one young lady, she's not married right now, and God's using her in such a powerful way because she was just willing to say yes to the Lord and willing for God to take somebody who's ordinary and do something extraordinary through her. How many of you this morning say, I'm willing for God to do something extraordinary in my life. I'm willing as an ordinary person be able to put my, put my life in the hands of the Lord and say, God, do something extraordinary through me, amen? 
Again, at, at creation, no light, God creates it. Then he takes dirt and he turns it into a human being. Think about that, every single one of us. We were made from dirt. God took something real ordinary, something that you walk on every day of your life, something that for you know, the most part to most of us has no value unless you're building a house and then it costs a ton of money. But he takes dirt and he turns it into a human being. He then takes a rib from a man, a rib from Adam, and he makes a woman. You're talking about the greatest miracle of all, taking one of your ribs and making a woman? I'm telling you what, that's a transformation if ever there's been a transformation. He takes those who have no ability and he works supernatural exploits within their lives. He takes a harlot named Rahab and he uses her as the thread of salvation and redemption for the Israelite spies. My friend, God will take people of all backgrounds, all walks of life, and he's willing to use you if you're just willing to put your, put your, your, your life in the hands of the Lord. How many of you willing to do that today. Praise God. See, the goal of the enemy, the goal of Satan is to make you think and make you believe that you are nothing and that you are insignificant, that you can do nothing and that you will never be able to do anything. And if he can succeed, you will be stopped in your tracks and you will not fulfill the destiny and the plan that God has for your life. May I just interject? I don't care where you come from. I don't care what you've been through. I don't care what, how you've been conducting your life. There is hope for you. There is freedom for you. And God will take you in the condition that you are right now. And he will make something great out of you. Hallelujah. Look at somebody say, God will make something great out of you. It is the devil who is the accuser of the brethren. It is the enemy of your soul that is saying you'll never amount to anything. It's the enemy of your soul that is saying you'll never be able to do anything. I have news for you today, and that is this. The devil is a liar. I say the devil is a liar. You know how you know he's lying? His lips are moving. If the devil's lips are moving, you know that he's lying. He can't do anything but lie. That's what Jesus said. He's a liar and the father of all lies. And he, there is no capability within Satan to tell you the truth. That means this, whatever he says, the exact opposite is the truth. You'll never be anything. No, the exact opposite. I will be something great. Hallelujah. You don't have the ability to do that. No, praise God. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Amen. Oh, you're going to fail this time. No, thanks be to God who always causes me to triumph. Hallelujah. Amen. You got to have something on the inside of you. And you begin to recognize that, praise God, God has a purpose for your life. And he wants to take somebody ordinary and do extraordinary things through your life. Amen. When you look, let me read this passage of scripture in Judges chapter 6. Are y'all getting anything out of this? It says, in the angel of the Lord, verse 12, and the angel of the Lord, Judges 6, 12, and the angel of the Lord appeared to him, Gideon, and said to him, the Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. Gideon said to him, oh my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Have you ever asked that question? <laughs> why has this happened? You know, and by the way, usually the Lord isn't going to spend all his time trying to explain to you. Because listen, even knowing the answer many times as to why something has happened doesn't make it better and it doesn't get you out of the mess. You just gotta know what you gotta do right now to move from where you're at, right? 
lot of times we're focusing in on why whenever God's wanting us to begin to focus on it's time to go. It's time to move forward. Amen. Why has all this happened to us? And where are all your miracles, which our fathers told us about saying, did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. Then the Lord turned to him and said, Notice, he's not addressing any of the questions. He's not addressing any of the accusations. He's not addressing anything that Gideon just said. Go in this might of yours, and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? In other words, it's time for you to be quiet and just get up and begin to go. Amen? I want to do something extraordinary through your life, Gideon. I want to do something magnificent through your life. So he said to him, oh, my Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. And the Lord said to him, surely I will be with you, and you shall defeat the Midianites as one man. Whenever you look at this story, we don't have time to get, read the complete story, and you can, uh, when you get home later, read, read the entire Judges 6 and Judges 7. Read the whole story of everything that happened. So many wonderful things, and so many wonderful things can be said and extrapolated out of the entire passage of Scripture. But whenever you read and study the passage of Scripture, you'll find at this point of time, the Israelites, they are in captivity, and the Midianites are coming in regularly, and also with the Amalekites, and they are raiding the land and taking all of their crops, taking all of the oxen, taking all of the sheep. So Israel would grow crops, and then Midianites would come in, and they would take up all the crops, rob from them, ravage the crops, live on the land, and it says that they would come in literally like grasshoppers, literally like uh, they were, uh, their camels were innumerable. Uh, and so all of the livestock would actually literally begin to eat up all of the crops that had been grown. And so what is Gideon doing? Well, Gideon is not fighting off the Midianites. He's not fighting off the Amalekites. Gideon is in hiding. It actually says that they were living in caves. Think about this. They're living in caves. They're not doing anything other than growing crops for the Midianites to come in and then actually take the land and take the territory. And so what is Gideon doing? Gideon is threshing wheat in the wine press. Now, you got to understand that, first of all, the wine press is not where you thresh wheat. You're supposed to be threshing wheat out in an open flat area. Why? Because that way the separation of the chaff and the wheat and the wind is used in order to bring that separation. And also, it's just a lot easier to get it done that way. Well, what's Gideon doing? He's actually in a hole where there is no wind, and he's, he, he's uh, threshing the wheat that is there. Now, I believe that's a, a perfect picture of people that are working in the flesh. You know, there's a lot of people that work themselves in the flesh, and you can accomplish some things just by fleshly labor and work. But I want everybody to hear me today. What I'm talking about, God taking something ordinary and making it extraordinary, it's not about what you can fleshly do with your own labor. Now, yes, you need to work. Yes, you need to do something. But understand this, and God made you to be productive, and God made you to work, but understand that you are not to be a slave to your work. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? You know, you can't live in that manner. And what God wants to do through you that's extraordinary is going to be something that will surpass the, what you can produce with your own labor. 
And so Gideon is scared. He has no faith and he has no confidence. Gideon makes excuses. And get this, Gideon has the wrong identity that is actually stated in his excuse. When you read that, he says, I am the weakest of the weakest. I am the weakest, our clan, our family, we're the weakest in the entire tribe. And by the way, I'm the weakest in our own family. Think about this. I am the weakest in my family. Our family is the weakest in the entire tribe. So Gideon is identifying with who he is in the natural. Can I tell you, a lot of people never become extraordinary because they keep identifying with who they are in the natural rather than who God wants to make them and who God wants to cause them to become, amen? And how many of you know you gotta move past who you are in the natural? I'll say it again, you gotta move past who you are in the natural. You gotta begin to take upon the identity that God wants you to have. Gideon's number one problem was this. He had the wrong identity. Gideon was looking at himself through his past experiences rather than the future that God had for them. He saw Midianites ravaging the land while he threshed wheat in the wine press, but God saw a mighty warrior. What's very interesting is this, that the name Gideon itself means warrior. So Gideon, whenever he was named, oh, there's such a revelation here. When Gideon was named at birth, he was already being called a warrior, and he just didn't know it. He just didn't know that there was a warrior on the inside of him. He didn't know that there was something extraordinary that God was going to do through his life. He was so locked up in his experience. He was so locked up in everything that was going on in the natural. Listen, I believe that God is sending this word today to unlock you from the past experience and the natural things that you are surrounded by because God has something extraordinary that he wants to do through your life. But you've got to get come out of just being locked up in a past experience. I can't tell you how many people I've talked to before and they were limiting themselves by their past experience. And again, there's probably not a person here this morning that hasn't had some type of past experience that didn't go well. Not one person here, I thought it was magnificent. I know uh, whenever we were having the, um, the internship, uh, uh, Chuck, uh, Brother Chuck Taylor came and he ministered to the kids. And I was intrigued by some of the testimony that I was able to hear him share of some of his past. And I look at him now and I go, wow, God has done something extraordinary with a man who had who experienced some things in the past that were learning lessons. Is that fair to say? Is that fair to say, Chuck? Things that he had to learn through, but God turned things around. How many know we serve a God that'll turn around your past and work it into something great and work it into something powerful? So hear this, I don't care what happened in your past. I don't care what happened yesterday. God wants to do something extraordinary through your life. I'll say it again, God wants to do something extraordinary through your life. God wants to use you in a mighty way. See, God was identifying him as a warrior. God was identifying him as you are, you are called to bring deliverance. When your mama and your daddy named you, they named you warrior because there was a purpose for your life. 
Can I tell you something? God's already given you a name. Praise God. God's already given you a name. There's already something that God has placed upon you. There's already a name that God has placed upon you. I'm not talking about a natural name. I'm talking about an identity that God has already given you in the spirit. You are called and anointed of the Holy Ghost. You are called to set the captives free. You are called to bring deliverance. You are called to preach the gospel. You are called to be the salvation for your family. Maybe nobody else has been able to stand in the gap, but God has raised you up for such a time as this to stand for your family and see revival come into your home. Hallelujah. Amen. So you have to begin to take upon yourself the identity that God is giving you. Not the identity of the flesh, not the identity of your past experience. It's the identity that God has for you. How many of you say, I'm going to take on God's identity today? I'm going to take on the identity that he is giving me. See, you cannot do what God called you to do until you first identify with who God says that you are. You've got to choose to believe what God says about you rather than your past experience or what you feel. Maybe you tried something one time and it failed, but understand, it's going to be different this time. Oh, praise God. I'm going to say that again. Somebody needs to hear this. You may have tried something in the past and it didn't succeed and maybe it fell flat on its face, but it's going to be different this time. I said it's going to be different this time. I said it's going to be different this time. If you... See, you tried it in your own flesh, in your own strength, but this time you're going at it from a different perspective. I'm just identifying with who, I've been, who I am in Christ and what God has laid upon my life, and it will succeed in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen? That's the reason Paul said, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Whenever you dissect some of the things that the angel of the Lord said to Gideon. There were three primary things that he said to give him a new identity. Number one, he called him a mighty man of valor. Nothing Gideon was doing at that moment in time looked like bravery or looked like valor. Think about it. He's running. He's hiding. He's threshing wheat in the wine press, which is not where you need to be doing that at. And he's doing that in order to not be seen by the Midianites in order that he might be able to conserve some of the wheat that is actually being threshed. And so Gideon's doing everything in hiding. He even says, I'm the weakest of the weak. But yet the angel of the Lord, whenever he appears to him, he calls him a mighty man of valor. You gotta understand this. God calls those things which be not as though they were. There's some of you that God's calling right now. You're a successful business owner. Some of you may not even be a good employee right now, but I'm telling you, God is going to elevate and God's going to escalate. Amen? See, God's calling some of you successful in arenas that you've never succeeded before, but that's what God is speaking over your life. Some of you, God, are saying that you're going to be somebody to bring deliverance to marriages and homes and families, and you're having problems right now yourself. Can I tell you what? God calls those things which be not as though they were. He calls things that are not in existence as though they already were. And so that's what the angel of the Lord is doing here. He said, you're a mighty man of valor. You're a mighty man of valor. There's a new identity, Gideon. I want you to get out of this weak stuff. It's time for you to get out of your past experience. Get out of your family experience. By the way, family sometimes can load you with some stuff and some baggage that you don't need to be carrying around. Right? Well, you got to understand, you know, your daddy did this and your mama did that and grandma and grandpa and they had that and it just runs in, it just runs in our family. No, I'm telling you what, I got a new family, praise the Lord. 
I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. I've got royal blood flowing through my veins right now. There's a new DNA that I've got going in my body. Hallelujah. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Look, I understand that that, that that by itself doesn't change natural DNA. So please don't try to uh, corner me at the end of the service. But what I'm trying to tell you is there is something that supersedes my natural DNA. Some of you are going to get that in about five seconds. There is something that God releases on the inside of you that will supersede your natural DNA. Maybe mom and daddy were never able to do it, but you're going to do it. Hallelujah. Maybe grandma and grandpa weren't able to do it, but you're going to do it in the name of Jesus. Maybe all your family tree, everybody, you know what? They had cancer, but praise God, you're going to be one that's going to walk cancer free. Hallelujah. Maybe they all fell and they all shacked up and did all kind of crazy things, but understand this, you're going to live holy. You're going to live righteous in the name of Jesus. Are you hearing what I'm saying? There's something that's greater because there's an identity that God wants to place upon you. And so the angel says, you're a mighty man of valor. Of course, Gideon doesn't look like that. And what you have to do is come into agreement with what God says. You can choose to believe it or you can choose to discount it. I'll tell you this much. If you choose to believe it, you'll see God do great things within your life. Then he told him, the Lord is with you. In other words, Gideon, you're not doing this by yourself. God's got this. You're not alone. You're not having to fight this by yourself. You're not going to have to go out and fight the Midianites all by yourself. God's got this. Look at somebody and say, God's got this. The Bible says, if God is for us, who can be against us? Who will we fear with God on our side? Amen? Say, God's got this, and I am going to succeed in the mighty name of Jesus. The third thing that he tells Gideon is this. You're going to defeat them as one man. What that literally means is this. You're going to defeat them just like this. your entire army is fighting one person. In other words, what the angel is actually saying is this. It is a piece of cake. This is a walk in the park. Isn't it amazing how often we begin to magnify the difficulty and then we begin to diminish God's ability? We magnify the issue and we diminish what God is able to do. Can I tell you, things that are going on in the world right now, and unfortunately many times Christians are guilty of magnifying the problem and diminishing the hand of God. My friend, I believe that I don't care what's happening and when it happens, my God is greater than everything and anything that's going on even in the world today. Do you believe that? Do you believe he's greater? Do you believe God is greater? Do you believe it today? I'm not saying you can't say anything, or I'm not saying we don't need to get involved. That's not what I'm saying at all. But what I'm saying, you've got to understand whenever, you, whenever the temptation is to begin to believe that you are being overcome, that your values are being overcome, we've got to understand God is greater than every bit of it. And I'm telling you what, what we really need here in America today, we need a revival that turns the hearts of people back to Jesus, turns the hearts of the fathers to the children and the children to the fathers, and there begins to be a revival in homes and families. We don't just need a revival in the church. We need a revival at home. We need a revival in families today. That's what will turn our nation. Amen. The only, the only, you, you can't do anything permanently if you don't change the hearts of people. Okay, I don't care who you put in office. The reality is until, until we change the hearts of men and women, nothing is going to change permanently and remain that way. Do y'all understand what I'm saying? Yes, get involved. Praise God. Don't, 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 
Don't misunderstand what I'm saying, but I'm telling you, it's got to start with Jesus. It always starts. He's, he's the Alpha and the Omega. Amen? So he says, it's, it's, you're going to defeat them as one man. In other words, this is a piece of cake. This is a walk in the park. It'll be like you're just fighting one person. The Lord was assuring him that there would be a supernatural ease to get this done. Again, we magnify the issue, but we minimize the power of God so often. I believe that God wants to turn the tables there and begin to cause us to have a different outlook, a different perspective, till we begin to magnify the power of God and minimize the issue. All right? See, the only thing that God needs of us is to agree with the identity that he has given us. The reason people are confused about their identity, their sexual identity, their gender identity, is because they have refused to identify with it, that which God has actually given to them. That's the reason there's the confusion. The reason many Christians live in defeat is because they possess an incorrect identity of who they are. Listen, whenever you take upon yourself the identity of Christ, you will not live in defeat, you will live in victory. Praise God. Amen? You gotta shake off your old identities. Look at somebody and say, shake it off. Come on, look at somebody else and say, shake it off. See, we gotta shake off some old identities. We just, just as a prophetic gesture, just say, I'm shaking off. Say, come on, I'm shaking off of the old identity today. The old identity of the past experience. The old identity of what people have said about me. There's been some of you that have tried to label you and put a stigma within your life, but I'm telling you, you need to shake it off today and begin to realize who you have been made in Christ Jesus, hallelujah, and who you're anointed to become. Amen? You getting anything out of this today? It's time to turn loose of it. Perhaps things your family have said about you. Perhaps things that others have spoken about you. You turn loose of it. God's spoken identity over your life is all that is needed for you to move from ordinary to extraordinary. That's all you need. That's all Gideon needed. Is he just needed to have an understanding. You're a mighty warrior. You're mighty in battle. You have to understand that you've been called to the kingdom for such a time as this. This is your identity. Your identity is not one who is weak. You're not, your identity is not one who is the weakest of the weakest. No, your identity is you are a warrior. See, many people think that they need more resources to accomplish something maybe that God's placed upon their heart. Please hear this. You don't need more. You just need to use what you have. Think about this, I'm closing. Gideon had 30,000 men that gathered together. 30,000 men that are gonna go fight the enemy. You think, okay, our odds are pretty good here. 30,000 men. Okay, God, I, my faith is up for this. Hold it, Gideon, hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it. You don't understand. I know that the Midianites have more than 30,000, but hear this, you've got too many. I already told you, this is gonna be like you're fighting one man. That's it. You just gotta understand, you, you're up for this, this is gonna be a piece of cake. So do this, anybody who's afraid, tell them to go home, okay? Go ahead and go home. Well, that was the vast majority of them right there. They all left, you know, just about all of them left. You know, Gideon gave us an out, you know, some of them were, we're here, Gideon. No, listen, your knees are shaking, get out of here, you know? And they all, you know, most all of them went home. So. God looked at the crowd and said, listen, Gideon, you still have too many. What do you mean, God, I got too many? Okay, what do you mean? I, we've been needing resources to get, now these people are, they're excited and they're ready to fight. We're ready to go. No, you got too many. I told you that you're gonna do this as one man. This is a piece of cake. Everybody say, piece of cake. Piece of cake. 
I tell you, there's just something that's really resonating within my spirit this morning to let you know that what you think is so impossible, God's going to make easy for you. What you think is so impossible, God is going to make easy for you. There is an ease. I said there is an ease coming into things for you. A supernatural ease where you're able to do things and accomplish things with less sweat. Everybody say less sweat. I don't have time to go into that, but anyway. So, he's got too many. Take them down to the water. They all go down to the water. People begin to drink the water. The men drink it two different ways. There are those who get on their hands and knees and begin to lap it like a dog. And then there's those who actually go down and they grab it with their hands and bring it up to their mouth and they drink it that way. And God says, the people that are down there lapping it up like a dog, send them home. They're out of here. What? Uh, okay, how many we got left? You got 300. I told you this was going to be a piece of cake. I know it looks in the natural. Like the Midianites are so many. And now you're down to 300 men. But listen, that's all you need, Gideon. All you need to defeat them is this 300 men. I'm going to cause the entire army to be routed because you're going to see me do something extraordinary through you because you're willing to just put your life in my hands. You're willing to take upon yourself the identity that I have actually spoken over your life. Let me tell you, God doesn't need a whole lot of people. He just needs the right people that are willing to say, Lord, I'm willing to be used by you. He just needs the people that are willing to believe what he said. Think about this, Jesus and 12 men. After Jesus, Jesus ascends, he leaves, he leaves the preaching of the gospel to the responsibility of 12 men. And whenever you read the stories in the Bible of these 12 men, they were fighting over who was going to be the greatest in the kingdom. We got a guy taking a sword, cutting off the people's ears. We got another guy who's doubting all the time. We got another. I mean, it was a mess. But God took those 12 men and he made, took ordinary men and did something extraordinary within their lives. So what does he do? 300 men? See, you don't need more. You just got to use what you have. As you know, the rest of the story, Gideon went and they totally routed the Midianite army and they won a mighty victory. Whenever we started this church back in 1997, let me tell you, we had no people. And whenever the Lord first began to speak to us, I didn't feel like a pastor. I had to take upon myself the identity. God, you called me to pastor. And then Pastor Stacy, she began to ask all the questions. She was like Gideon with the angel. Where, who, who's going to come? Where are we going to have this at? How in, the world, how in the world is all of this thing going to happen? Because we had no people, we had no building, we had no chairs, we had no money to do these things. But understand, you just got to be willing to take upon yourself the identity that the Lord is placing upon your life. That is what will make the difference within your life. See, to be strong, you don't need more muscles. You just got to use the muscles you got. Think about it. Can I tell you that the muscles that I have within my body, I got the same amount of muscles. Y'all hang on with me just a minute. Same amount of muscles that Don has. Don, do you still work out, Don? Not as much. Is there anybody? Is Patrick, where's Patrick at? Is Patrick gone? He picked a bad Sunday to miss. Anyway, Cameron. Okay, Cameron, you work out, right? Stand up, Cameron. Do you, do you work your biceps? Can you, just turn, can you just turn around? Can you, can you flex your bicep for everybody? Good, look at, 
want y'all to know. She's blushing over there. Anyway, I said that to say this. Can I tell you, I've got a, I have a bicep too. You got pecs too, right? You have them, yeah. That's okay, don't show us that, all right? I, I, I have the same muscles in my body that Cameron has in his body. He goes to the gym. I don't. He's stronger than me. Why? It's not because I don't have the capability of becoming strong. It's just I'm not using what I have been given and I'm not developing it. Are y'all following what I'm saying? I hope you're getting the picture here. You've been given everything you need to be extraordinary already. God wants you just to begin to use what you have. Be faithful with where you're at right now. Believe it or not, there was a time whenever great big bodybuilders probably looked about like me, maybe a little better, but anyway, they looked like me as far as the development of their muscles, okay? It looked like some of y'all, just we're ordinary. But they take and they begin to work in those areas. They begin to develop those muscles and they develop that strength. And as a result of that, I'm telling you, they look a lot different. And the only thing I'm trying to get to you today is this. If you'll just start using what God has given you. You don't need more faith. Just start using what you have. You don't need more time. Just start using what you have. You don't need more money. Just be faithful with what you've got. Amen? Gideon didn't need a bigger army. He just needed to know that he was a mighty man of valor. See, you just got to take upon yourself the identity of heaven. You got to begin to take upon yourself the identity that the Lord is releasing upon you. You have to begin to say, I am who God says I am. I can do what God says that I can do. Amen? And whenever you do that, I'm telling you, things will begin to change. Would you stand to your feet today? Thank you for your patience. I've went a little bit long today. We're laying the foundation for where this is going to go. We're going to see throughout the Word of God how God took ordinary people and He did extraordinary things through them. You know, a lot of these musicians and singers up here, up here God's taking ordinary people and He's doing extraordinary things through them. I want God to do something extraordinary through my life. How many of you want God to do something extraordinary through your life? How many of you are willing to say, Lord, use me. Do something extraordinary in my life. Just come on, just lift your hands to the Lord right there. And I just want you to pray this with me right now. In the name of Jesus, I thank you, Lord, that you desire to do something powerful within my life, that you desire to do something great through me. I thank you, Lord. You take the ordinary and you make it extraordinary. Take this ordinary person and make me extraordinary. Make me someone that will be a praise to your glory, that will be a testimony of your power and your anointing. In Jesus' name, I am who you say I am. I can do what you say I can do. I have what you say I have. I take upon myself your identity today 
in Jesus' mighty name. Can you give the Lord a shout of victory right now? Thanks again for downloading this podcast. We trust that this message has blessed, encouraged, and edified you. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss a message here from High Praise. Also, you can follow us on social media, on Facebook, and on Instagram. And don't forget to go subscribe to our YouTube channel. We'll be back soon with another incredible message. God bless you and have a great week.